Hello and welcome to Music for a While. I'm Jay Nordlinger, music critic of the New Criterion. I've recently been in Norway and Israel. So what, you ask? Good question. In Norway, I met a woman named Nina. I said, oh, like Grieg's wife. Yes, she said, and I have a story to tell you, which she did. When I was born, she said, my father called my grandmother, my mother's mother, to tell her about me. He said my name was Nina. My grandmother didn't like that very much. She said it didn't sound Norwegian. Then my dad reminded her about Nina Grieg, and that made her feel much better about my name. I should say. This put me in mind of Wedding Day at Trollhagen. This is a beloved piece by Grieg, Edvard Grieg, one of his lyric pieces for piano. Trollhagen was the name of his villa outside Bergen. He wrote the piece in honor of his marriage to Nina. She was a soprano, and Grieg's first cousin, by the way. They apparently had a very happy marriage. And this piece, Wedding Day at Trollhagen, is one of the happiest pieces around. We'll hear it played, the first part, by Leifova Ansnes, the great contemporary pianist from Norway. Get ready. That was Wedding Day at Trollhagen, the first part of it, by Grieg, played by Leifova Ansnes. Some people say that Wedding Day puts them in mind of the March of the Siamese Children from The King and I, music by Richard Rogers. Does it? Well, maybe. Let's have a listen. They're both glorious pieces, regardless. Thank you. 
we have heard the March of the Siamese Children from The King and I, whose music was composed by Richard Rogers. The lyrics, of course, are Hammerstein, those of Oscar Hammerstein II. Again, I'm Jay Nordlinger, bringing you music for a while. This episode is produced by Max Ledoux. You may wish to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or any number of other places. People get their podcasts in their own way. If you'd like to write to me about any matter, try nordlinger at newcriterion.com. If you want to receive this podcast by email, that is, links to new episodes, let me know. As I mentioned, I went to Israel, and one night I felt like listening to, well, Jewish music. You could turn to almost any Mahler, but there are a couple of obvious pieces. One is Kol Nidre by Brook, Max Brook, as we say in English. It is for cello and orchestra. The other is also for cello and orchestra, as it happens. Shlomo by Bloch, Ernest Bloch. Bloch. Let me tell you a secret. I don't like these pieces very much. I mean, I don't dislike them, but I just don't like them. Never have. I wish I could. I wrote to a friend of mine, Britton Smith, to confess my guilt. Britton is a cellist, the principal cello of the Houston Symphony, and a solo player. His wife, Evelyn Chen, is a pianist. They frequently appear together in recital. Britton wrote me a very kind, patient, and informative letter or email. His teacher was Zara Nelsova, who was close to Bloch and played Shlomo a lot. In fact, the composer called her Madame Shlomo. Bloch also wrote a three-movement work called From Jewish Life. It is from 1925, and it is for cello and piano. Britton sent me a link. We'll hear Nelsova with the composer, Bloch, on the piano. We'll hear the third movement of the work, called Jewish Song.
That was Jewish Song by Ernest Bloch, played by Zara Nelsova, with the composer at the piano. Earlier, I mentioned Max Brook, or Max Puch. I was recently writing about him. Let me quote from my New York Chronicle, published in the June New Criterion. What do we know from the output of Max Brook, the German composer who lived from 1838 to 1920, a generous span of years. We know the Violin Concerto, of course. Actually, the Violin Concerto Number 1 in G minor, Opus 26. Brooke wrote two others, which lie fallow. We know another violin and orchestra piece, the Scottish Fantasy, and a cello and orchestra piece, Col Nidre. Owing to this last piece, many have supposed that Brooke was Jewish, though he was not. The Nazis had the same supposition, which is why they restricted his music. The New York Philharmonic presented a rarity, Brooks' Concerto for Two Pianos and Orchestra, Opus 88A. It was written or completed in 1915. The Philharmonic programmed it two years later, then not again until the other day. In four movements, the concerto was full of melody, rhapsody, and true romantic pathos. There are emptier, blousy stretches, but the work is creditable, deserving of a hearing, though two might be pushing it. Years ago, I asked a conductor about the obligation to program new music, an obligation that many performers feel. He said, Okay, but what about an obligation to program neglected works of the past? At the Philharmonic, the Brook II Piano Concerto was played by the Labeck sisters, Katya and Marielle, under the baton of Semyon Bichkov, who is married to Marielle. After the performance, he congratulated the sisters with equal affection. I could not tell which Labeck was which. Well, let's hear the Brook Concerto for two pianos, the last couple of minutes of it. Here it is.
That was the end of Max Brooks' Concerto for Two Pianos and Orchestra, played by the Labeck sisters, Katya and Marielle, and the Philharmonia Orchestra, led by Semyon Bitchkov. In recent days, I did a Q&A podcast with Mahan Esfahani, who is something unusual, a harpsichordist, and a well-known one. He has a flourishing career. Esfahani is a superb interviewee and just as good a harpsichordist. Would you like to hear him play? Me too. Here is the opening of that great suite in G major by Rameau, live from Madrid in March 2018. That was Mahan Esfahani, harpsichordist, in Rameau. Here's something a little unusual. He and I follow each other on Twitter, and the other day he mentioned Florence Price. Who's she? She was a composer, a black American, who lived from 1887 to 1953. I know her almost exclusively as an arranger of spirituals. Leontine Price used to sing those arrangements. And she would say, not a relative, just a friend. Here's a track from 1965. It is a live recital at Carnegie Hall. Check out those prices. My soul's been anchored in the Lord, arranged by Florence Price, not a relative, just a friend. Oh, 
That was Lean Teen Price in My Soul's Been Anchored in the Lord, arranged by Florence Price with David Garvey at the piano. The date is February 28, 1965, at Carnegie Hall. Some weeks ago, I interviewed Vladimir Bukovsky, the great Soviet-era dissident, at his home in Cambridge, England. In the mid-1990s, he wrote a book called Judgment in Moscow. It was translated into many languages, but not English. Now it has been translated into English. And the man who wanted it done, Yevgeny Kissin, saw it through. Saw it through with money and determination. Kissin, of course, is the famed Soviet-born pianist, now in his late 40s. He became a British citizen in 2002. In 2013, he became an Israeli citizen as well. Why? Well, in his own words, when Israel's enemies try to disrupt concerts of the Israel Philharmonic Orchestra or the Jerusalem Quartet, I want them to come and make trouble at my concerts too, because Israel's case is my case, Israel's enemies are my enemies, and I do not want to be spared the troubles which Israeli musicians encounter when they represent the Jewish state beyond its borders. Kissin received his Israeli passport from the hands of Natan Sharansky, who spent nine years in the Gulag as Anatoly Sharansky. When I was in Israel, I saw Sharansky, and we talked about Kissin, whom we will now hear. Let's hear him in a brief piece, a great and beloved piece, Scriabin's Etude in C-sharp minor, opus 42, number 5.
That was Yevgeny Kissin and Scriabin, an etude in C-sharp minor. Thank you so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. What would we do without music? Fortunately, we don't have to think about that. Earlier this week, I reviewed a concert of the Philadelphia Orchestra. A young Italian pianist, Beatrice Rana, played a Prokofiev concerto. For an encore, she played a Chopin etude, the one in A-flat, known as the Aeolian harp. It is really one of the loveliest pieces you will ever hope to hear. Moving, too. I want to play one of its greatest recordings. The pianist, Alfred Cortot, was a real SOB, a Vichy man. Can that be overlooked, set aside? I don't know. We might save that subject for another podcast. Anyway, here is the Aeolian harp, and I thank you. See you later. <laughs> 